Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. I want to start this morning, I'm sort of caught at a, at a bit of a, a turn. I love the songs that I believe the Holy Spirit selected this morning. I wasn't involved. Pastor Dan didn't tell me the songs that he had selected. Uh, that's his purview. And he prays about it and talks with other people and comes to those determinations. And so we landed, he selected these songs. And I love the song right before it uh, that says, uh, all lesser things that demand my attention, you have to bow, you have to bow. And then this song, of course, that he, they've just finished, fear doesn't stand a chance when we stand in your love. Praise God. Boy, I'm just sort of hung there for a moment. Um, I want to begin to talk about something this morning, and it, and it really is speaking from within, and uh, sort of a soul-searching that, that we've come to, uh, this crazy virus this just brought something, a once-in-a-lifetime thing for all of us, that, I mean, that, that just we haven't seen in a lifetime, the quarantine thing, the isolation, you know, we can't get too close to each other. And more than ever right now, you're hearing people talk about loneliness. Before we get to that, I want to share with you some things that were floating around on the, uh, on the internet in the last couple of weeks. And one of them is a listing, things, listing of things from uh, uh, lessons from COVID-19. I think Debbie Jackson sent it around uh, to us on our, our, our phones and this week. And listen to this. Okay, here's some lessons from COVID-19. The world has turned upside down. Old folks are sneaking out of the house and their kids are yelling at them to stay inside or stay indoors. You know, you can hear in an empty room, uh, some of the guys that are here with me laughing out loud. The mic's picking that up. It's funny. I'm laughing with you. Okay, here we go. This virus has done what no other woman has been able to do. Cancel all sports, shut down all bars and keep men at home. <laughs> I think these are funny. Uh, days, here's one, day seven at home. The dog is looking at me like, see, this is why I chew the furniture. <laughs> that one is conspicuously funny to me. I don't know why. Maybe I felt like chewing the arm off something today. I don't know, maybe my own arm. Uh, here we go, another observation. Does anyone know if we can take showers yet or should we just keep washing our hands? <laughs> uh, here, I never thought the comment, I wouldn't touch him or her with a six-foot pole would become a national policy, but here we are. Uh, if you grew up in the South, that's a, a common phrase. Here we are. If you have Alexa at home, Alexa, what's the weather at, uh, this weekend? Alexa, it doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere. And then the last one we have here is quarn quarantine has turned us into dogs. <laughs> this is conspicuously funny. Maybe my laughter is a terrible confession. We roam the house all day looking for food. We are told no. And if we get too close to strangers, uh, if we, we're told no if we get too close to strangers, and we get really excited about car rides. There you go. There's your take, uh, takeaways on the lessons of COVID-19. But I want to make a sudden shift towards the lessons of COVID-19. I'm about to share something with you that came uh, as a posed question when I was on a, a Zoom call with, I don't know, 50 or 60 pastors, leaders, um, uh, earlier in the week. And, uh, and the question was just posed out of nowhere uh, one of them said, hey, Pastor Tom, what do you think the Holy Spirit is saying to you in this moment about this? 
And, and I really sort of made a joking reference about not being a prophet or the, like Amos said, I'm neither a prophet nor the son of the prophet. And then, and then the Holy Spirit sort of checked me on that because it went back to something that we had shared in, in evening devotionals at the beginning of all of this from Romans chapter 8. And, um, and in the next minutes that followed, just as a matter of fact, um, I, I turned first and said it to Brenda because in the minutes that followed, I had reflected on that and then I, I, I did feel what I, I think is the Holy Spirit whispering something and I bothered to write it down and I want to share it with you. I'm gonna try to not get hung up here this morning, but uh, we'll see. Uh, if we will ask him, that is the Holy Spirit, if we will ask him what he is doing with the moment of crisis, instead of being dictated to by the moment of crisis, then we will be empowered to live and lead beyond the moment of crisis. I wanna say that again, because that's just solid biblical premise and principle and practice from the front to the back. If we will ask God, if we will ask the Holy Spirit what he is doing with the moment, that is this crisis, instead of being dictated to by the moment, then we will be empowered to lead beyond the moment. Now, I'm gonna offer an explanation here that's not in these words. It's sort of a, an aside. Brenda and I were talking as, uh, after one of her devotionals about the, the, uh, the description, the definition of the term crisis and how it goes back to a, an original language, uh, crisis. And it means that the turning point in a disease, but it came to mean the turning point and thus a crisis is some sort of turning point in our life. And ironically, the original meaning is just so powerful given that we're in the middle of a disease-initiated uh, quarantine, and yet it is becoming an, a turning point. And back, that, back to my point, that if we, see, we're busy racing around trying to figure out how to survive the moment instead of asking God what he's doing with the moment. Now, I'm, I'm gonna, let me just, finish reading these words. When we ask him what he's doing with the moment, instead of being dictated to by the moment, we will be empowered to lead and live beyond this moment. That is essentially the quote unquote spirit knowingness that is mentioned in Romans 8.28 when it says, and we know. Now what you need to do is to, to take your Bibles and look at verses 26 and 27. Now, as I came to this, <laughs> this moment, I knew right now I'm at a point of sort of bifurcation, a fork in the road here in this teaching, whether I'm gonna get to the teaching that I really wanna, I had prepared for this, or whether I'll get stuck here and I have to sort of trust the Holy Spirit moment. But let me unpack that. And we know that God causes all things to work together for, to good, for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's Romans 8.28. But the two verses before that are critical because it speaks of the Holy Spirit entering into our groanings and uncertainties of the moment we may find ourselves in, or a crisis. And he says, because our issues are too deep for words, he gets involved in interceding and coming in between in matters that are too deep for words. And here's the good news, the great news of that is when those issues are too deep 
too deep for words, we have a Holy Spirit that operates at a level that is beyond what our words can even articulate. Uh, In this moment, some of us are just so caught up in it, we don't even know what to say or how to describe exactly what we're wrestling with, and that's okay, because we can come to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit intercedes even things that are beyond our ability to articulate that. Now, here's the good news. Two times, you know, let let me see if I can find the verse here real quick. I, I, I did print it, I was headed to my computer, but here we go. Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. How many have been there right now in these moments, in these last several weeks? The economy's changing, jobs changing, health is changing, things around us, availability of, of, of everything that we took for granted only weeks ago that we get in our car and run to the store and get it, and now just getting into the car and running to the store is an issue, and then we walk in, the things that we took for granted may or may not be there. So we're at a point, okay, that we do not know how we should pray as we should. Crazy times. The Spirit himself, do you see in verse 26, we do not know, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows. See, watch verse 26, we don't know. The good news is the Holy Spirit gets involved in verse 27. He knows. See, that's a good thing. When we don't know, he still do know. He knows. I don't know. I don't know how I should pray, how I should think, what I should do next. Anybody been there in these times? But he knows, okay, what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then verse 28, and because even though, watch verse 26, that we don't know how to pray, Verse 27, he knows what we don't know and can't pray, so he intercedes before us. And then watch verse 28. Oh, okay, where two verses before we didn't know, now verse 28 says, now we know. But the question, beloved, is this, how do we know? See, because remember, we're here in a moment, we're here on a Sunday morning, you just stood up out of your chair because maybe fear, maybe you got your notification about your employment or situation. Maybe another loved one is sick or ill, and God forbid, even some of our friends and family have had loved ones die just in the last couple of weeks. Our family hasn't even been able to go uh, and attend a funeral, as I mentioned last last Sunday. It's just crazy times. We don't know, but he does. But then verse 28 says, and we know. Now, I don't know about you, but I wanna look back at about, you know, and say, well, how do we know? Here's how we know, listen to me. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Can I say to you this morning that the knowing we have is not, is not a, a cerebral, a cognitive, a factual knowing. Because you will come away from even this morning's worship when you stood up and said, fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. When we quoted that scripture as Paul did to young fearful Timothy when he would retreat away because of intimidation and he would say to him, son, listen, uh, God hasn't given us a spirit, a Holy Spirit that's a Holy Spirit of fear, but he's given us a Holy Spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. We can take a stand. Those moments that we say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's next week. I don't, goodness, I didn't see this coming. I'm not even quite sure how to pray, what to pray, what's next. And then, and we know. 
That knowing, beloved, is by the Spirit. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words, which results in a knowing too deep for our mind. I've got to stake a peace beyond our comprehension and a joy beyond our words. Now, I've mentioned that on purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit, little s, of the world, but the capital S, spirit, who is from God, so that we may, watch, know the things that are freely given to us by God. See, watch that. It's not a cognitive knowing. What I'm saying is at the end of this worship service, at the end of this time, at the end of this talk, at the end of the prayer we're about to have, um, as a matter of fact, the outline in the sermon I had prepared was on loneliness and how, how we are experiencing loneliness at new levels, and there's a reason for that. And it's not just because we're home. Maybe I'll get to that just for, as an introduction in a moment. We'll pick it up next week because I got two, two weeks of, of study on, on the soul search right now. So at, at any rate, here we go. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, 1 Corinthians 2, 12, but the spirit who is from God so that we may know things freely given to us by God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24, listen. The one who keeps the commandments abides in him and, and he and them and, know, and we know by this that he abides in us, comma by the spirit whom he has given us. Look at that scripture on your screen right now. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him and in him, here it comes. And we know by this that he abides in us, by the spirit. See beloved, a spiritual transfer of knowing is not a cerebral one, which means as you're sitting there right now and you just got up and you begin to sing a song. You sang the song that was sung earlier when it says, Lesser things, all things have to bow, fear and confusion, uh, doubt and, uh, 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 I forgot the other lyrics, that you have to bow, you have to bow. All lesser things that try to demand my attention, you have to bow. You see, that's not a knowledge thing. Because as you're singing the songs, your circumstances have not changed. You're still in your home, you're still on the other side of this transmission. You're not in a church if you're part of the New Hope tribe. You're not sitting in this room. Right now while you're singing it, you have the audacity to sing a song and to claim a spiritual truth in the face of circumstances that at the end of the song, when we said amen, you sat back down in the same chair you stood up from. You're still locked away in your home, still quarantined, still have to stay six feet away, still wonder if there'll be groceries and things at the grocery store. Nothing's changed. But can I tell you this? In these moments, there's something that we begin to know that's beyond the knowing that's equated from measurable circumstances around us, and it is only by the Spirit of God. It is only, we are a different people. We were made for this moment. We are people that will rise. Now that, with that in mind, let me read the second half of what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Again, and I want to tell you, I'm not one that dares to speak for whatever, certainly not for the global church. And and, and as a matter of fact, I often think that's arrogant for people who license themselves regularly to do that. But at great risk and hesitation, I can at least speak for our tribe here and, and and what I feel on the other side of this. Here comes the second half of this. The church is shining right now. In culture, the church is shining right now in the moment. I feel there's going to be a brief window of cultural acceptance and legitimacy for the church 
that comes immediately on the other side of this crisis. You want to know why? Because we're taking care of business right now. Above any other, if you will, organization or institution, the church is caring for itself, for people, for their family. They're taking care of each other, loving each other. They're looking out for each other. They're pushing the envelope. They're, they're reaching out and they're touching and they're helping. Your church is just shining right now and the culture around is seeing it. I believe immediately after this, there's gonna be a brief window of sort of licensed legitimacy that we get to speak from. So the question is, we need to be thinking now, I'm continuing. We need to be thinking now about how we are going to spend that currency then to impact lives. In the very short window of time, it will be granted. We are focused on how we might survive the moment and God is focused on how we might thrive beyond the moment because of the moment. The crisis is a turning point. The question is not when will there come a turning point in the crisis. The question is what is God using the crisis to turn? What is he using it to turn? Beloved, I think the church of Jesus Christ, I believe we have an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God and the glory of God. I'm not talking about advanced growing a church or making an institution great. I'm talking about an opportunity to advance into the land of fear, into the land of darkness, and a light shine even more brightly as it is right now. I believe, again, we're going to come out of this moment. I want to restate and reread that first part of it. If we will ask him, that is God, what are you doing with this moment of crisis? instead of being dictated to by the moment of crisis, then we will be empowered to lead and live beyond this moment of crisis with incredible victory, and we will overcome. We will overcome. Every closing line to the churches in the book of Revelation is hear what the Spirit is saying and he who hears, and then it says, we will overcome. We will overcome. We will conquer the reality that is around us. Boy, uh, it, the, asking the question right now, you know, we're going to launch into this next week. And as a matter of fact, at the end of this this morning, we're going to do something that's new. Um, I'm going to have Brenda come and pray in just a moment with you. Um, Dan, if you would come back out, son. But I'm going to have her pray. And then uh, Pastor Matt, Pastor Steve, and I are going to join in for, I don't know, maybe a 20 or 30 minute sort of after, uh, after service thing where you can just, um, where you can just um, uh, ask questions or whatever or interact and we'll sort of track them in real time and just unpack some of this and talk about it, talk about the realities and point to next week. Here's, here's what I think, um, you're gonna hear this next week. <laughs> this is from one of the researchers, uh, research groups on loneliness. Because here's what happens right now when there's so much, and one of the ways the church can be a shining light. Because right now, loneliness is being catalyzed more than ever. So asking the question, God, what are you doing with the moment? And how can we be acting in the moment on what you're doing with the moment so we can live beyond the dictates of the moment? That's a powerful statement. I don't know if there's any way we could all memorize that, but we should that we're not gonna be dictated to by the crisis of the moment because we know God can do something with any moment because he causes all things to work together. See, we don't see that, but we're that kind of crazy people that believe that even COVID-19, 
God's going to bring, come through it and say, I'm going to cause it to work together for purposes beyond what people can see, for opportunities of grace and redemption beyond what they can understand, even here in the United States and in our community. I love this. It says, loneliness is a subjective feeling about the gap between a person's desired level of social contact and their actual level of social contact. In contradistinction to that, social isolation is an objective measure of the number of contacts that people have. It is about the quantity and not the quality of relationships. People may choose to have a small number of contacts. Now, this is gonna be the starting point for next week's teaching. But it really is the, the point, several things were stirring in my spirit, because right now I wanna to say to us as believers, I'm gonna give you the remedy for loneliness and why we are part of the biggest remedy for loneliness. <clears throat> right now when it's coming to the surface, let me, let me read the notes that I wrote to myself. These are, a matter of fact, I have my name by them. I said, Tom, isolation is not the same as loneliness, but isolation can very well make us aware of our loneliness, and that's what's happening. We're living in isolation, but isolation need not cause loneliness, but it, it causes us, see, Here's the thing, God, what are you doing with COVID-19? We are the busiest people in, 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 on the planet, the, the American culture. You see, what's going on right now is not an entirely bad thing because we busy ourselves today. We are a culture that is more engaged and busy than ever, yet by every estimate, we are more disconnected and more lonely than ever. All COVID-19 has done is to amplify a reality that existed before it ever found us. Isolation, isolation has simply brought an awareness of loneliness, so now there's a rush to deal with this. Beloved, we were made for this. The church, we were made for this. We're gonna dig into that next week. But right now, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you, as a matter of fact, Brenda, come on out. If you would, I'd like for you to uh, if you would, to lead people in prayer. Now, I'm going to sort of slide off as she finishes this off um, because I want to be able to join uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Matt pretty immediately. When, when, they, when they pop up, I may just have to run in from the side. But uh, so in, the, in the after talk and reflection and prayer time and whatever it is we're going to do, this is a first, so we're going to have fun with it. But sweetheart, I'd, I'd like for you to just talk to them about this moment and just pray with them. Pray with them for a spiritual perception that's beyond the dictates and the circumstances and sort of the logistical estimations of everything that, that we're facing. So you do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I have a couple of Zoom uh, devotionals throughout the week. And one of the, in this in last week, we talked about what is God, as, as Pastor has said, what is God teaching me, uh, me in this moment? And what is God wanting me to do? Because the church is made for this. God gave and imparted in each one of us a gift and a passion, maybe many gifts. And instead of us isolating ourselves from one another, we need to be sharing and walking in those gifts and those passions that God has given us. Maybe you can sing and you, you have a song you need to, to uh, record on your phone and send it to somebody or FaceTime somebody and say, hey, I just want to sing over you. Maybe you have a poem. Maybe you have a word from the Holy Spirit. Maybe, 
maybe you paint and you can share something that God is doing in you. You can call, you can text. God's given you something. We were made for this. I love the passage of scripture that says that, you know, we're a, a peculiar people. <laughs> we're not of this world. We're of the kingdom of God. And God, but God has prepared us to live in this world and make a difference. And so I want to encourage you, as pastor has said, what is God doing in this moment and preparing me for and, and doing through me? And so I want to pray for us right now in the name of Jesus, that every person, Lord, that is listening to this word today, and I believe it's been a prophetic word, that we would hear what the Spirit is saying, not just to the church as a whole, but to me as an individual. God, give me ears of the Spirit today to understand what is it that you are doing in me and preparing me for not only right now and tomorrow, but beyond this pandemic. I ask that you would stir every heart, Lord, that maybe feels they're not adequate. And I would declare to them that if God has given you a gift, he is more than able to make you adequate for that gift and to walk in it and to be a good steward of what he's placed in your heart. Lord, may we hear the Spirit of the Lord like never before. I pray that you would give dreams and visions and understanding and word pictures to people and they would have the courage to step up and step into those in Jesus' name. And may you be glorified through the church of Jesus Christ, your sons and daughters, those who are born again because we believe in Jesus the Son of God who has taken away the sin of the world as we give our lives to Him. And I pray today for every person listening, if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. It's very simple. It doesn't have to be this perfect prayer, but the Bible says if you confess your sin and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. How beautiful is that? How wonderful to know you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the encouragement. And now we pray, God, that you would bless your people, that you would cause your face to shine on them, that you would be gracious to them. Lift your countenance upon them and give them peace. Lord, as your word declares that you will go before them and behind them and round about them, and they will be filled with favor in Jesus' name. Amen. May you have a wonderful, blessed day. I want to encourage you to hang out a little bit longer. And Pastor Tom and Pastor Steve and Pastor Matt are going to be chatting a few minutes about the word that was presented today. God bless you. Go in favor. The, the fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your presence, God, today. Blessing. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.